Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. This is the LakersNation.com live post-game show, solo show, so it's just me. But remember, it's not always just me. It's me and all of you. We've got a lot to break down tonight. The Lakers, they do fall to the Warriors, but it was a close and pretty fun game, actually, down the stretch there in preseason. So we've got a lot to talk about there. We've got Russell Westbrook's debut that some of us might want to forget about, including Russell Westbrook. Uh, LeBron makes his season debut as well. We'll talk about how he looked out there, and uh, we also need to get into Austin Reeves. Looking good. Austin, could he actually be a threat to get minutes during the regular season? We're going to break that down. We're going to talk about the Lakers' defense. We're going to talk a little bit about the offense as well. Rajon Rondo, why did things suddenly look better when Rajon Rondo came out of the court in the second half? We're going to talk about some of that as well. So a lot to get into. If you haven't done it yet, make sure you are subscribed to the LakersNation.com YouTube channel. And I'll go ahead. I'll apologize in advance. I'm fighting off a cold, so my voice is definitely not 100%, but I'm still here with you, scrapping, doing everything I can to get by. So, let's talk some Lakers basketball. And I'm seeing all your questions and comments coming in already. You know what, before, before I even get to your questions and comments, I've got somebody, I've got a lot of people actually who have said, it's just preseason, and I think that's... That's been our theme for the last now three games, right? Has been it's just preseason, don't read too much into it. And I think that's the case here, too. I still think, though, a win would help the fan base, everybody feel a little bit better, especially if they looked decent in a win. If they look good tonight, we saw a lot of mistakes. I mean, my goodness, 27 turnovers. 20, you, you can't win a basketball game when you turn the ball over 27 times. They were telegraphing their passes. So that's a new thing. To look at. Now, the rebounding got a little bit better, but the Warriors are tiny. So, maybe not a surprise that the rebounding problem got better in this one. But the passing was a big, big problem. The turnovers were a major problem. And that's going to lead us into a discussion about Russell Westbrook. Uh, but again, it is, it is just preseason. And so, it's not a reason to panic when the Lakers, if you lose a preseason game and it's close and you find out some, some stuff about your guys, that's really, from the coach's perspective, that's a win. Right, It was close enough. We got to see guys in pressure situations. We got to see how Austin Reeves reacts in a close game down the stretch. We got to see Taylor Horton Tucker step up. I really liked what we saw to him tonight. So there's a lot that was positive about this game. If we can get into the mindset of the wins and losses don't count. It's preseason. It doesn't matter if they win or if they lose. So if we can kind of get our minds into that place, then I think we're going to feel a lot more positive about this game, where I know a lot of fans, though, are going to see it. They're going to be, oh, man, three losses in a row. The Lakers are terrible. What's going on? Da, 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 da. Let's not go there. Let's not go there. Okay, again, preseason, in terms of the, the overall experience, this was a good night for the Lakers coaching staff to see some of the things that they needed to see out of a few specific players. But that being said, before I get into the positive stuff. Let's start with Russell Westbrook. My goodness, that was probably the, the worst debut we could think of. Uh, Russell Westbrook, one for seven, seven rebounds, four assists, 
six turnovers on the night. I know it was seven at one point, so maybe the stats have changed a little bit, but one for seven shooting. Uh, his one bucket was at the rim. He was able to bully his way to the basket and score. He airballed a 15-foot pull-up at the free throw line, airballed it, shot at 13 feet. Uh, again, the turnovers, bad, bad, bad. Six turnovers. He had six turnovers in one quarter in just the first quarter. And then he had another one in the in the uh, second quarter. So what he was doing was he was getting into the paint, doing what he should do, getting into the paint, and then trying to kick the ball out to a shooter, but the angle was wrong on the pass. And in some cases, the shooter was too deep in the corner and wasn't reading the angle the pass was going to have to make, wasn't coming up to the level of the ball to make it an easier pass. And so you saw those adjustments in the second quarter, and that's when suddenly Westbrook started clicking, right? We saw a few passes in a row. He had a lob to DeAndre Jordan, kicked it out to Kent Bazemore a few times. We need to talk about him as well. Kicked it out to Kent Bazemore, knocked down threes, and that's how he was able to pick up some assists and look a lot better. Again, the shooting, a concern. The turnovers, a concern. But I'm glad that as horribly as the first quarter went for Russell Westbrook, I'm glad that the second quarter we started to see a few things click. So, again, don't panic. But that was, I'm hoping in a couple months we're going to be thinking back to tonight and laughing about how bad this debut was because it really you it couldn't get much worse. Again, six turnovers in the first quarter, an air ball on a on a free throw, essentially. It was a rough, rough, rough debut for Russell Westbrook. But hey, let's hope, fingers crossed, it's only going to get better from here. LeBron James does make his season debut as well. Four for 12 shooting for him. Uh, three boards, two assists, one steal, nine points. I had people on Twitter making comments like, man, LeBron looks kind of slow. You haven't seen LeBron in preseason. <laughs> if you think, oh, oh, LeBron's looking slow right now. LeBron's going like, what, 60% pace, maybe? Maybe out there because it's preseason. He's just going through the motions, getting a little bit of rhythm. That's what he does. I'm not concerned at all there. All right, let me get into, well, let's talk about the starting lineup. LeBron, Bazemore, Jordan, Westbrook, Monk. That was how the Lakers started. And Frank Vogel told us we're going to switch up the starting lineup a lot. No Anthony Davis tonight. No AD. And that's uh, that's fine. Rested him. I am curious what it's going to look like with AD out there. Does he get a starting spot alongside a center, whether it's Dwight or DeAndre Jordan? And we've got some thoughts on that too. Or do we see AD at the five and the Lakers go a little bit smaller in order to help out Russell Westbrook? You could see where the Warriors tried to pack the paint a bunch whenever Russ had the ball. So that's going to be something to be uh, mindful of. As we move forward here, is what does the Lakers starting lineup actually look like? I do not think this starting lineup is what we're going to see. And that I don't think Monk is going to be a starter. And I know he's got a lot of fans. Two for six tonight, three boards, two assists. I just think that the defense isn't there. It's not good enough from Monk. Uh, and I think that problem is mitigated by making him your off-the-bench scorer. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying he's a bad player. He's a bargain player. He's a good player. I'm excited about what he brings. He can score. I like it. I like Monk a lot. I just don't think the starting lineup is ultimately where he's going to settle in because of the defensive issues, and we saw that tonight. We saw a number of times where he just got burned, just got burned defensively, and then the shot wasn't dropping at the same rate as it had been, one for four from deep, uh, which a regression game was coming, and that's just what we saw out of Malik Monk tonight. Again, still be positive about him, still totally optimistic. I think he can be the Lakers scorer off the bench. I don't think he's a starter. I think we kind of found that out. 
today. Uh, Carmelo Anthony, one for seven. Not a great shooting performance from him. Missed all four of his threes. Wide open looks. I'm confident those will drop at some point. Uh, Dwight Howard, we will talk about in just a bit. Great performance out of him. Uh, DeAndre Jordan, nine boards, two steals, 10 points. And Wayne Ellington, I'm maybe getting a little worried. Still preseason, but 0 for 1, three points for Wayne Ellington. Three or four at the line, 20 minutes. And my goodness, he continues to get burned on defense. All right, <clears throat> let me get into some of your questions and comments here because I know everybody else will talk about as we get through. And fingers crossed, hopefully my voice will hold out here. <clears throat> Okay, so somebody mentioned this. Key Grammy from YouTube said, I'm not okay with Kent Bazemore taking number nine and Rondo being number four. It doesn't sit right with me. I was thinking the exact same thing, and I imagine a lot of people were thinking that. It just doesn't look right. Can they just swap? Can we trade? Is that possible? Can we just ask the two of them to trade and put Rondo back in nine? It looks strange. It's already weird enough seeing the Lakers wearing their gold, yellow jerseys on the Warriors floor. We need to knock that off too, by the way. I've talked about that a bunch, but let's go back to purple on the road, gold at home, whites on Sundays, and then throw in a few alternates. What was wrong with that? Now we're getting these weird color combinations where you've got the Lakers in essentially Warriors yellow, right? Because now it's not even really a gold. It's a, it's a yellow in Golden State. That just doesn't look right. That needs to stop. But I agree. Rondo, Bazemore, just flip. Just trade numbers, please, for all of us. Other people saying they got confused as well. All right, Nick Krause from YouTube. Let's get into this. Oh, I'm so ready for this topic. Said, hey, Trevor, do you think DeAndre Jordan will still be on the team come playoff time? Okay, so I think first we need to address the question of who's getting those minutes at the five? And I think right now, we knew this going in, but my goodness, Dwight Howard greater than signed DeAndre Jordan. Dwight Howard still has some, some springs. DeAndre Jordan, not so much. We saw it. As soon as Dwight went out, the Lakers continued to throw lobs as though it was Dwight, and DeAndre Jordan wasn't quite getting up for those. So DeAndre Jordan, he's still a big body, still grabbed nine boards, but again, this is against a very small team in the Warriors. I think DeAndre Jordan will still be on the team. How big of a role will he have? I think it's going to be dependent upon Dwight's health. Because I think come playoff time, we talk about regular season, right? And we talk about, well, is Anthony Davis going to be the four? Is he going to be the five? Okay, that's fair. But come playoff time, we know AD's the five, right? One of those guys might back up AD. One of them might in the playoffs. You're probably not going to see both. And that's a might. Depending on the matchup, you might not even see either of them, right? So with that being the case, I, I think DeAndre Jordan's still on the team come playoff time, but does he get minutes? Probably not. Regular season, does he get minutes? I think that depends on whether or not uh, AD is the five to start games. Because I think Dwight is clearly the better player. Dwight was tremendous tonight, by the way. 23 points, 12 boards, three assists, one steal, one block. Now again, again, this is against a small Warriors team, so that matters, right? Kevon Looney is about all they've got right now. Uh, the James Wiseman is still healing up. So when we're looking at this, it's Dwight. It's going to be Dwight getting those minutes. 
The question is, can the Lakers afford to just have DeAndre Jordan and say, you know what, Dwight's better, AD's starting at the five, and regular season you're not even going to play. I don't know if you can, and that makes me wonder, are we going to see Dwight starting at the five with AD in there in order to make the rotation a little bit easier to get these guys in? Because remember, they've already lost to Reza. I don't know, and Austin Reeves was great tonight. I don't know if you're going to count on regular season minutes for him or not, right? So you've got 14 on your roster. Lose Ariza, so that's that's got you down to 13 already. Austin Reeves, are you counting on him during the regular season? Eh, okay, 12 right there. Wayne Ellington, I've got a lot of question marks there. Is his defense enough to where you can play him, or are we in a Wayne Ellington or Malik Monk situation in terms of who's going to be the Lakers shooter off the bench? And so if you're eliminating, say, say it's Ellington, then you're down to 11 guys. If you then say, okay, DeAndre Jordan, AD starting at the five, Dwight's getting the backup minutes, no minutes for DeAndre Jordan. Now you're at a 10-man rotation. That's where things start to get a little bit tough. And I know we've talked about how deep this Lakers roster is, but with the Ariza injury, and then when you start looking at what we've seen on the floor, it's not quite as deep as we thought it would be. And I was saying this for a while, not everybody's going to click. Not everything's going to fit perfectly. So it's possible that some guys kind of play themselves out of minutes as much as we think everybody's going to play well. I still think Wayne Ellington is a good shooter. I still think he's going to show it at some point. But right now, I have some real concerns about whether or not you can play him real minutes in the regular season. We'll see. We'll see, though. But so far, he's not hitting shots and he's getting burned defensively. I'd rather just give those minutes to Malik Monk, who's been hitting shots and getting burned defensively. But if you're only going to get one of those two things out of one guy and then none of those two things out of the other, yeah, Monk has to be the guy to get those minutes. But again, preseason, it's too early to completely write off anybody. Somebody mentions Reeves is a better defender. You know what? Austin Reeves really impressed. He's impressed with just his tenacity. I feel like if you watched him at Summer League, he's grown a lot since then. Just watching out the composure of his game, he's grown a lot since then. Uh, in Summer League, he was shooting a lot of threes, but he wasn't making many. He's making them right now, and he looks very comfortable shooting them. And it almost felt like, and I'd love to hear him talk about this, it almost felt like he had the first preseason game. He was a little bit shaky. But it was all, it was as though that first preseason game was confirmation that, hey, I can play. I can play at this level. I can I can play with these guys. I belong out here, right? Like that was kind of his eye-opening moment. And then we saw in the second game, he looked better. And now in this game, I think this was his best performance so far. And he just looked like a guy who knew what to do, knew where to be. Were there mistakes? Sure, still some mistakes, but was tenacious, going out there playing to win. Um, I liked what we saw from him. Three from four, three or four from three tonight, nine points, two steals, uh, 16 minutes. He was impactful when he was on the floor. And I thought he was a big part of why the Lakers came back in the fourth quarter uh, in the second half. Anyway, the Lakers wind up winning the fourth, 37 to 30. 37 points the Lakers scored in the fourth quarter with their reserves in. Pretty good. And by the way, credit to Rajon Rondo. He really orchestrated that offense well. Suddenly, Guess what we saw? A lot of high pick and roll. I had people asking me, why aren't the Lakers running pick and roll? Dwight Howard on the floor, Rondo. They went back to the bread and butter, started running that high pick and roll. Rondo's throwing lobs. Great performance out of him too. Eight points, six assists, five boards, two of two from deep. Nice performance out of Rajon Rondo as well. 
Uh, Y.O. from YouTube with a super chat. Thank you. Said Reeves is a solid defender and he's an underrated ball handler in the pick and roll off curl action. Seems to be a solid shooter too. Uh, that way you can keep Malik off the bench. Uh, I think you're referring to starting Austin Reeves. I'm, you're not going there. I, Austin Reeves getting minutes in regular season is still a question mark to me, right? He's a rookie. We're watching preseason play. I'm not there yet. I'm not going to say he's getting minutes. To tell him he's starting, that's, I mean, you're, you're stepping way up there. I don't think we're going that far here. Right, let's not jump the gun. Give him time to develop. Give him time to get his legs under him. To throw him into the starting lineup is is asking a lot, and I can 99.9% guarantee that's not what's going to happen. Right? He's not going to be put in the starting lineup opening night. He's He was good tonight, but there's other options that, that we turn to before Austin Reeves, and in particular, it's because of that lack of experience. Okay, but don't worry. I mean, that's not a bad thing, right? That's good. That's good. He's been good. He's going to get some minutes, I think, as the preseason goes on. He keeps playing like this. He may very well earn regular season minutes. I don't know if he has or not. It's still a question mark right now, but he was good tonight. And then that's something that you want to build upon. You don't want to just say, oh, he's good, and he's always going to be, and let's throw him into the deep end now. You don't want to do that to a young player. You want to build upon success as they grow, as they get better, build upon success don't just throw them in and then have them flounder, right? Think Kwame Brown, kind of what happened to the Washington Wizards. Yeah, big, big problem, right? If you if you push a rookie too far right now. All right, let me get into some of these other ones. Billy Walton from YouTube said, is starting Dwight at the five and bringing AD off the bench to play five out of the question. That way you could preserve AD until the playoffs would get his legs under him a little bit. Yeah. Somebody said, Trevor, you look inebriated tonight. No, I'm just sick. Guys, that's all. I'm, I'm fighting to try to get my uh, get my voice through it. I've been in bed a good chunk of the day. That's right. why you didn't see videos from me today or anything like that. I've been trying to conserve my energy so I could do this show. So that's, what, that's what's going on. Um, as far as AD coming off the bench, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's just not. Um, they're not going to bring AD off the bench. And I get there's some rationale behind it. Okay, then you've got him going against, up against backups and things of that nature. Dwight looked good. But you're not going to bring AD off the bench. He's Anthony Davis. You're going to let him play through whatever he needs to to get his legs under him. And he's going to be fine. Let's see here. Somebody said Ellington's defense was looking suspect. Yeah, I was not a big fan of Ellington's defense. Oh, somebody said I look I sound like Barry White. I think that's a good thing. I think that's a good thing. Thank you. I'll take that. No, really, I'm I've just got like a, a bad sore throat, so I've just been dealing with that. <laughs> Yeah, that's been that's been my day. But again, guys, I've been doing everything I can to try to keep uh keep my energy up for this. 
Oh, people asking, am I <laughs> flu game Trev? Am I vaccinated? What, what should I, should I just deflect that question and say it's everybody's de- decision or whatever? No, if you guys really want to know, yes, I'm, I'm vaccinated and everything. I ultimately made that decision. <clears throat> uh, somebody asked, how about THT's decision-making? Okay. Let's talk about Taylor Horton Tucker. Nice performance. I thought this was the THT that we've been waiting to see. This is the guy that we've been waiting for. Taylor Horton Tucker tonight looked like a guy who deserves to be the fourth highest paid Laker, right? He was good. He was really good out there. I thought he was more under control. There were a few moments where he wasn't, but he was more under control. He was aggressive when he needed to be. He was taken to the ball, the ball to the basket. He did not get one three, one for three from deep. Obviously, you'd like to see him make more or whatever, but you know, one for three, that's not terrible. And is and he's shooting him with confidence. Uh finished with 17 points, three boards, two assists, one steal. It was a big part of the Lakers' comeback. And I thought he had some decent defensive minutes on Steph Curry to the point where when I was watching THT, there were some moments where I thought, you know. He could be the Ariza replacement if we were penciling in Ariza as a starter. That's what we could be looking at right now in terms of Taylor Horton Tucker and his abilities on the floor. He looked aggressive. I think there's some skill set duplication with LeBron and with Russ. I don't think it's a coincidence that LeBron and Russ played the first half. THT played the second half. But THT looked good tonight. Uh, monster dunk. Had a monster dunk. And uh, this was great to see. This was much needed. This was much needed. As much as we talk, you know, Wayne Ellington needed a good game and he didn't get it. Taylor Horton Tucker needed one too. His first two outings, I thought, were hot and cold and probably more cold than hot. So Taylor Horton Tucker tonight, very nice performance from him. Great sign moving forward. Hopefully he can build off this, but this is the guy we've been waiting to see. Um, Even had a few nice passes as well. All right, let me get into a few more of your questions and comments, and we do need to get into the the Next Man Up Award. Uh, <clears throat> Josh M. said, Trevor, I think you're giving THT too much praise as a decent defender, but he's far from a consistent defender. Best person to take a Reese's spot is Baymore, Baysmore THT has a bit to go. Oh, okay. So let me explain. Baysmore, I'm penciling him in as the starting, as a starter. Whether it's the two or the three, whatever we want to call him, I'm penciling him in as a starter. I thought he was very, very good tonight. Uh, three for nine shooting's not great, but at least three those three makes were all threes. Uh, five boards. I think defensively he separated himself. Made some nice plays there. Now, Baysmore attacking the basket, like THT attacking the basket, is usually a good thing. He's pretty crafty finishing at the rim, needs to get a little bit better with his decision-making, but most of the time, good things happen when THT attacks. Baysmore, when he attacks, the potential is there for catastrophe, where he attacks the basket and doesn't get close to finishing and tries something awkward and it just doesn't work out for him, but if he focuses on just the three and D portion of his game, we saw he can knock down the corner three. I think he's one of the more aggressive defenders and more one of the more physically capable defenders on the Lakers roster. 
I think that he should be in that starting five. The question for me is, who's the other guy? I think Bazemore has earned himself a starting spot at this point simply because of what he's been able to do on the defensive end of the floor and the floor spacing we saw. I mean, we saw it tonight. Russell Westbrook looked for him time and time again in the corner to knock down those threes. So I'm not saying THT starting over Bazemore. I'm saying maybe THT starts if Bazemore's also starting and you're running AD as your five. That's that's what I'm talking about. I should have explained that before. But yeah, I'm penciling in Bazemore as a starter because I think he's been consistently good so far. Uh, I am Louie with the Super Chat. Said, Dwight got berserk after receiving the tech while on the bench. THT looks solid late, but he needs a few minutes to get going. Love the confidence, though. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> Dwight Howard. Let's just do it. So my next man up for the night is Dwight Howard. And Dwight Howard had a tremendous game. Uh, he was fantastic tonight. When you look at what he did on the offensive end, he was a monster on the boards. The Warriors, who play, you know, they're small, so this is an opportunity for Dwight to really show out. And he did that. He did that. He just bullied the smaller Warriors. And it was nice to see after, you know, we've had two games in a row of the Lakers getting dominated on the glass. It was nice to see the Lakers be the bigger, more physical team in this one. So Dwight Howard deserves a lot of credit. He's going to get texts. He's going to get flagrant fouls. That's Dwight. That's what comes with Dwight Howard. But you just accept that. You just accept that that's what's going to happen every now and then, right? You're going to get some of that stuff happening because it's Dwight. And, and frankly, Dwight sometimes does stuff where the referees don't give him as much leeway as they might somebody else. There's also times where Dwight just does so much stuff that he actually winds up getting away with things because the refs can't call every single thing that he does. Um, but that's just Dwight Howard. So Dwight Howard, next man up for the night. Great job by him. I thought this was a fantastic performance. I think he very clearly separated himself from DeAndre Jordan, which again, it was not a surprise going into the season, but his mobility and his springs, just it's such a difference maker. The Lakers overall, offense and defense, looks so much better when Dwight's on the floor compared to DeAndre Jordan. Just does. I think that's very, very clear at this point. Somebody asking, you sound sick. Are you good? No, I, I actually have been battling a cold all day. I was mentioning that earlier in the show. Um, somebody's asking, what was the main, what was the Lakers' main problem? Andre Amora from YouTube, what was the Lakers' main problem in this game? So the main problem, and there were a lot of little problems if we want to look at it, right? 43% from the field, that's not ideal. 36% from three. Okay, we'll take that, right? After last season, we'll take 36% from three. 14 offensive boards. They won the battle there. 56 boards overall to 42 for the Warriors. Again, winning the battle there. You'll take that. The problem was the turnovers. That was it. Turnovers. 27 turnovers. Hard to win a basketball game when you turn the ball over 27 times. Warriors turned it over 15 times. So as a result, the Warriors got six more shots than the Lakers. Overall, took 97 shots to the Warriors, 91. Um, uh, Flip that. The Warriors took 97 to the Lakers, 91. And part of that is because of those extra possessions that they were able to get. Now, the Lakers made up some of that gap a little bit by hitting the offensive boards. But when you turn the ball over that many times, it's really tough to win a basketball game. That's what we saw. 
the Lakers just turned the ball over too much in order to win. I'll also say, Jordan Poole, what a great game for him, for the, the Golden State Warriors. 10 for 19 shooting, 6 for 13 from deep, 28 points. Curry had 30. He didn't look like he was even trying. Curry dropped 30, and it was kind of like a almost a quiet 30 by, by Steph uh, levels. 3 for 14 from deep for Steph. So he didn't even have like a great game and still dropped 30. Meanwhile, Jordan Poole again, 6 for 13, 28 points. He was fantastic. Uh, Warriors are going to be... If Poole continues playing like this, the Warriors will be a solid playoff team and then could hit another level when Klay Thompson comes back as opposed to how we saw them as one of the maybe fringe-slash-play-in playoff teams and then jumping up to being a solid team when Klay comes back. I think if Poole continues, he's played great the first two preseason games too. If Poole continues to play this well, the Warriors are going to be right there in the Western Conference, and, uh, and that's a great sign for them. All right, let's see what else you guys have. Dan Kelly said, good day from Australia. Big fan of your show. Thank you for watching all the way down in Australia. Do we get to see AD, LeBron, and Russ in the next game? I hope so. I hope so, because I would like to see all three of those guys get on the floor and get to develop a little bit of chemistry. I think that's something that we've been seeing consistently, right, is the lack of chemistry on the late, from the Lakers on both ends of the floor. And so that's where you led to offensive turnovers. And then on the defensive end, if you guys were watching, and this is something we've talked about uh, in previous shows, the Lakers' defense was doing okay with the initial action that the Warriors were running. Where they were running into problems is when the Warriors were running two and three actions and started throwing in some backdoor uh, screens and things like that. And so. What's happening is the Warriors are making the Lakers think and make decisions multiple times on each defensive possession until the Lakers would ultimately make a mistake and then give up an open look or give up a cut to the rim. And the Lakers did good when it was very simple early on and the Warriors weren't progressing through their offense that far. Once they started making the Lakers to make multiple decisions on each possession, that's when the Warriors really got going. And then the Lakers compounded the issue by turning the ball over a lot. So if they can get LeBron, AD, and Russ out there for a couple of games at least, in fact, I'd even consider, based on where the team's right now, I know they said they were going to play in two of the games. I'd consider playing them in th all the three remaining games. They talked about the Stars playing in two total preseason games. I'd consider playing them in all three of the remaining games, uh, even if it's just for limited minutes, because I think, it's very, very painfully obvious right now that this group just doesn't have enough time on the court together, and that's what they need. And we are, what, a week, a week and a half away from the games mattering and counting, opening night against the Warriors on the 19th. So I think that's going to be important. I think that at this point, looking at where they are right now, probably wouldn't hurt to throw them out there on the floor a little bit and try to get that chemistry jump-started. Because right now, those turnovers, a lot of it's coming just because guys aren't used to playing it against each other. The Warriors were sloppy too, though. There were parts of this game, especially early on, some of the ugliest basketball. It looked like a pickup game for a while. 
It really did. It was that bad. And then the second half got a little better. Rondo really brought a lot of of structure to the game, but uh, but for a while there, especially that first quarter, both sides, man, so sloppy. Uh, Moses Malone from Facebook, great player, said uh, Mello starting off the bench. I think off the bench. I think you're probably going to see him come off the bench. I think that he's good as an instant offense kind of guy. I don't know. If you're bringing him into the starting lineup, where are you putting him? Are you putting him at the four and AD's the five? Maybe. Maybe they go that route. But you might be asking him, depending on the matchup, to defend somebody that he, he can't. Uh, more likely that you can get away with having him in the second unit defensively. So that's my concern there. Uh, Leroy Long said, Trevor, I think LeBron needs to rethink his game and play the four. He is playing the four. Uh, he played the floor, the four tonight. That's what he started at was, was power forward. But LeBron at the four, he's always going to have the ball. He's going to be the initiator on offense, whether we want to call it point guard or whatever. But he was the next biggest guy to start the game out there. So you had him essentially at the four. Jason uh, Philippi from YouTube said, apparently the Lakers offensive scheme is completely new this year. Yeah, they're going to throw some new stuff in. And that's why there's going to be that kind of you know dysfunction that we're seeing right now. I think the key is, is to get the defense going, get the defense on the same page. The offense ultimately will take care of itself to a degree. It's going to get more complex as the season goes on, as they become more comfortable. But in the meantime, you can probably get by on, hey, LeBron's really good on offense, right? Like you can get by on that. But defensively, you need guys on the same page. So that's going to be the focal point, I believe, moving forward. YO from YouTube, the super chat. Thank you. Said also, when are we going to relax with the post ups? Makes my head hurt. We have the personnel for pick and roll and kickouts, and we still play the same. Agree. I do think there were some times where they settled for post ups because their primary action broke down, and that was just something that they had. And they know the Warriors are small, so they threw the ball to Dwight or they threw the ball to Jordan. Uh, but I, I do agree. I think ultimately, a post up, particularly with unless it's Anthony Davis, right? If it's Anthony Davis, that's a different story. But Overall, if you're looking at advanced analytics, anything like that, a Dwight Howard post-up, a DeAndre Jordan post-up, that's a losing proposition if you run that enough. Now, maybe they, you give it to them one time and they score, and hey, that's that's fine. But if you were to do that enough times over the course of a game, it's going to hurt you because you're not going to generate scoring opportunities at the same degree as you will with other actions. So I agree. I think you got to stay away from the post-ups as much as possible. I think tonight... It wasn't necessarily the plan to post those guys up, but they kind of just fell into that situation, and that was the bailout. So, again, that's more the initial action broke down. All right, let's do, you know what we should do? We should do the uh, the master lock of the night because we need to get into that one. All right, so let's let's do that. Let's do the master lock of the night chat. Let me know what you guys think. Fire it off. Who should be put in Chris Masters master lock? By the way, Chris Masters is in Poland right now, wrestling. What up, Chris? Hope you're doing well over there, buddy. All right, master lock of the night. Let's go. 
I'm seeing all kinds of responses here. Some people are saying Master Lock Wayne Ellington. Yes, did not have a great, a great night. Some people saying Master Lock uh, Russell Westbrook. I'm seeing a lot of Master Lock Lakers players on here. I think that the Master Lock of the night for this one. It's an abstract concept. Turnovers. Turnovers need to be master locked. And maybe and we can maybe say that, that Russell Westbrook gets a large portion of that because he had six of the Lakers turnovers tonight. But turnovers were a big, big problem for the Lakers. Telegraphing passes, a big, big problem. And it wasn't just one Laker doing it. Russ, well, yeah, it was pretty egregious when Russ did it. But there were a number of Lakers who did it tonight. Turnovers have got to be fixed. For the Los Angeles Lakers, that was a big, big problem here. Again, if you cut that down to a reasonable level, let's say they had 17 turnovers, chop off 10 of them. That's a, I think that, that's how many they had last game. If you had 17 turnovers, the Lakers win this game by a decent amount. If you can chop off 10 turnovers, they would have comfortably won this game. But they had 27. Can't do that. Can't do that at this level. So the turnovers. 100%. I hope this is the worst turnover game of the season. 27 is so many. So many. Like, 20 is bad. 27 turnovers is incredible, even for a preseason game. So that's what's got to get fixed, and so that's why they are the master lock of the night. Somebody said, turnover, Mamba Mentality says, turnovers and defensive rotation master lock. Yeah, I mean, look, again, the defensive rotation it's what we saw defensively wasn't just I saw some people saying it's effort and to a degree there was a little bit of kind of preseason effort out there but it's also the Lakers just not being familiar with each other I saw multiple times where two players just got confused because the Warriors made them make multiple decisions and eventually they got tripped up and went to the wrong guy two guys closed out to the same player left somebody else open mistakes like that were happening and that's just a lack of playing time together. So again, that's something that can get better with time. Can. It's going to take some time, though. All right, let's do a few more, and then uh, I'll try to save the rest of my, my voice. Hopefully it'll be better tomorrow. We'll see. We'll see. Somebody said master like Alex Caruso for balling out in a Bulls uniform. It's funny. I've now got Bulls fans that are saying like, hey, Alex Caruso, I always thought he was terrible, but now I see how good he is. Like, oh, hey, what Lakers fans have been telling people for a couple of years now. Suddenly now we can admit that he's really good. Uh, new Bills from YouTube. Uh, the THT assessment confuses me. He's 20 and has experience now. Why do people feel he has so much potential when guys his age are already a lot better? What guys his age are already a lot better? We talking Luca? Is that who we're we're talking about? I mean, look, there's some there's some guys like just star level players who come into the NBA and are really really good at a young age, right? That happens. I don't think THT's ever been on that trajectory though to be a superstar in the NBA. I think he's got the potential to be a very very good player, um, and he is still young. That's just a fact. I mean, it's just it is what it is. So. I think we saw today some plays where he looked good, some plays where you saw what the Lakers see in him. 
Um, he still needs time to develop, and not everybody is going to just immediately be a starting caliber player, right? Even I mean, even look, Jordan Poole was great tonight. He was great. Two years ago when he was 20, the Lakers were torching him. He was not good. So it takes time. It takes time to develop. He's 22 now. He's a good player, right? He's grown. Taylor Horton Tucker, give him some time, right? I think we saw some good things out of him uh, tonight, and hopefully those are things that he can build upon moving forward. I think part of the issue, too, with THT is he's trying to walk a fine line between letting the game come to him and being assertive when he needs to be. And he's trying to figure out exactly when his moments are. When is his time to go and really attack? And that's a, a difficult line to walk for him. So as he gets more comfortable within this team and within this offense, I think then we'll see an easier fit for THT. But again, I thought tonight we saw pretty much what we would have hoped to have seen out of Taylor Horton Tucker. I thought tonight was a good night for him. <clears throat> Mama mentality from YouTube. Lakers, new team. We're going to take our time and build chemistry and confidence this preseason. The NBA, you'll face the Nets, Suns, and Warriors in the first five preseason games. Yeah, that's part of it too, right? Um, <clears throat> and, and the Nets played their subs, so there's no real excuse there. But with the Suns, the Suns pretty much brought back their team from last year, right? With a few small changes. They mostly brought back their team from last year. So you've got a brand new Lakers team that is learning each other, doesn't know what they're doing. They're just learning each other's tendencies, their chemistry and all that. And you go and play against a team that is going to early on be one of the most cohesive teams in the league because not only do they have pretty much the same players as last season, but you've got Chris Paul orchestrating things to where even if a guy is in the wrong spot or is does have his timing off, he's going to fix some of that stuff. So that's, yeah, that's a tough ask for a Lakers team that is just coming together. Uh, Warriors too, they've got a lot of guys that they've had in their system for a little while now, whereas the Lakers have a lot of new faces. So that's a challenge. Uh, next preseason game coming up, is against the Suns. Um, that's coming up on Sunday. And then Tuesday, the Lakers get the Warriors again. So it's not going to get easier, but this is what it's going to be like in the regular season as well. So the Lakers are going to need to very quickly try to find chemistry. And that's the other thing. This has been a thought here. I think we kind of got spoiled a little bit with the title team, the 2019-2020 title team. Because and we said this a bunch at the time, they hit the ground running. They came out like they were shot out of a cannon. Everybody was on the same page immediately, even though they were also a very, very new team with a lot of new faces. And we talked about it a lot then, and we've talked about it a lot since then. That's not the norm. They are the outlier. That doesn't usually happen. You don't see teams come out with that kind of chemistry from the get-go. So what we're seeing right now with the Lakers is more normal is what should be expected. But because we saw that, and because that was such a positive and so much fun and it was great, that kind of expectation trickles down to where now people are looking at this team going, oh, well, their chemistry should be better than this. Well, I mean, it does take time to build that. What we saw with that title team is not the norm. It takes time to build what they've got most of the time, in most cases. <clears throat> 
Shahine from YouTube. I feel like we traded our elite defense for a marginally better shooting. I do think the shooting is going to be better, right? It's going to be, I think it will be significantly better. Uh, the defense, I think, is going to improve as the season goes on. I don't know if it's going to get to the level of last year's team. In fact, I would say it probably won't. But if the shooting can become a bigger thing, and not necessarily just making the shots, but the threat of shooting, then offensively, I think the Lakers can be significantly better than they were last season. But again, they have to execute. <clears throat> Sorry, they have to execute. So that's going to be key as well. All right, guys. I think my voice is probably about had it. Feels like it's about to give out here. So I'm going to call it a night. I appreciate all you joining me here, though, and talking Lakers basketball. Hopefully, I'll sound a little better next time we do this. But thank you guys for joining me. Make sure you do subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Don't forget to turn on those notifications as well. Lakers take on the Suns coming up on Sunday. We'll do another postgame show right after that one. That's why it's so important you turn on notifications so you get notified as soon as we go live. Till next time, everybody. Stay safe and see ya.